With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're live. Let me just go into the, the intro here. <laughs> I just love that intro. I can just have it on loop. <laughs> it's so damn catchy. So, uh, yeah, oh. this is episode 76, and uh, Nicole is going to be joining us in a minute. But uh, we're joined by James, who's been on the show before, all the way from uh-huh. the UK. How you doing, man? Yeah. I'm not too bad, thanks. And I, I have exactly the same feeling about the intro. I absolutely love it. It's probably one of my favorite introductions ever. It just gets you pumped, but it's just great to listen to. Now, and that's not me, in case anyone wonders, that's not me having a go against the old intro we, we use on our podcast, but I'm going to say Reels and Heels probably has one of the, the coolest and most catchy. It's very it's seriously good. And you're right. It's the sort of thing you could have going on just as to listen to in your car. <laughs> it's yeah. great, great driving music. Yeah. And uh, if you, um, I mean, that's just the shortened uh, version of the intro, but um, if you go on YouTube, you can hear the whole uh, song. Uh, and there's like a, a guitar solo that's like awesome. Like it's just one of those songs, I guess, if those that go to the gym and work out, it's something that you can listen to. Yeah, very good. Yeah. So uh, James has coffee just like oh, I do. Yeah. It, I'm sorry. Yeah. Still... I've, I've been very rude on the fact that uh, I'm just drinking coffee, but it's late in the evening. I have been at work today, hence why I'm dressed the way I am. So it's, uh, you know, Brian and I were discussing this. It's the UK. So at the moment, we're in winter. It's dark. It's cold. It's miserable. You end up feeling very tired. So in my case, my diet consists of large, large quantities of caffeine to just keep me fueled throughout the day and into the evening. Um, I'll never be able to stop drinking coffee. We discussed earlier, Brian and I, the fact that I managed to quit smoking many, many moons ago. C- coffee drinking will not, will, I don't think unless there's like a medical reason I can't see me <laughs> drinking it. Uh, what, what what's your go-to uh, coffee? Is it just straight black? Do you have like a type of roast? Uh, I generally have straight black coffee. Uh, just to say when I'm at work, but my preferred favorite is the the uh, blue Jamaican coffee, um, which you can get, but it is rather on the expensive side. So it's more of a treat. But generally, from like a day-to-day coffee that I have at home, I go with a French roast. Uh, but kind of a strong blend of it that I can go for. Um, the stronger, the better for me. But yeah, the the ultimate favorite that I, if I had unlimited funds, would be Jamaican Blue Mountain Coffee. 
Oh yes, that um, that is really good. I the first time I actually had that was when I went to Jamaica. Um, wow. I think that kind of started me on my my love fest with uh, coffee, and yeah. I was sixteen when my mom took me there. Um, and the coffee in Hawaii is good too. The Hawaiian yeah, coffee, I've heard that. yeah, yeah. So what but, was what was Jamaica like? Because I've always wanted to go, but it's obviously pandemic, etc. It's not happen it may happen in the future who knows yeah. but um well i'm sure it hasn't changed much since i went uh but uh think of if you've seen pictures of like hawaii or any tropical mm-hmm. island i mean that's what it what it really is uh it's very beautiful um the uh the the way the mountains are with like you know it could be sunny but like you could still have like the 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 cloud coverage at the top of the mountains, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's very majestic looking. Uh, the beaches were very white. Uh, the water was so clear that you could like see like if there was fish and stuff. And, um, and then of course there's a, a lot of other things that we won't talk about uh, yeah. on my trip to Jamaica. Okay. Yeah. No problem. It's definitely uh, on the bucket list for me though. Definitely on the bucket list amongst other travel things I would like to try. I'm hoping yeah. that, as, well, I was going to say COVID's winding down, but it's not really winding down. But maybe in the in the fullness of time when it winds down a little bit more, I'll be able to get traveling again because there are yeah. places I need to go and people I definitely need to see. Yeah. Well, I, I have this one story. Uh, I can kind of clean it up a little bit. So, <laughs> uh, like I said, I was 16 and we were staying at an all-inclusive hotel. And the way that these these resorts are, they're – um, they're huge. They have huge acreage, but usually they're next to another resort. So um, the resort that was next to us is called Hedonism, which is an, a, a like a couples only resort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's uh. it's clothing optional. So <laughs> I I mean I didn't know. Like I'm 16, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. So like I'm walking the pat the sidewalk, and their sidewalks like they're they connect, so you can walk right mm-hmm. into the other property. And I heard people splashing around in a swimming pool. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go see what's going on. And it's uh, two guys and two girls, and the girls are up on the guys' shoulder, and they're not wearing their tops, and they're like playing like, uh, huh? chicken yeah that's what it, yeah. i was like oh uh and then i'm like okay and like being 16 i'm seeing topless women <laughs> <laughs> uh and then i'm kind of like yeah i need to turn around and then like i when i was going back apparently i went the wrong way and i went to their nude beach so yeah you sure that was a mistake <laughs> Well, now that I think about it, maybe not, but, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, uh, it's just a nice, uh, segue. As I said, it was a couple's resort. We got Valentine's day coming up. We have, we have, yeah. um, and throughout cinematic history, there's been a lot of, uh, romantic comedies and romance films. Yeah. And, uh, I thought, you know, to go with the theme of the holiday, I put actually I should put that in quotations. Holiday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we talk about this subject. And um man, one of the the actors that comes to mind when I think of like the romantic comedies, mm-hmm. uh, I I think of Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. 
I kind of, it's an obvious one because I mean, it's, like, it's almost like you added the mind reading point. I was like, but he's going to say Tom Hanks. Because if you, because the thing that kind of you forget now when you look at Tom Hanks' body work is that a lot of his stuff is now dramatic and you forget that his earlier on stuff was comedy. So the stuff he did a lot earlier, you know, the stuff he became very known for earlier on was romantic comedies. So that you had the stuff like, you know, The Sleepless in Seattle. The Joe versus the Volcano. Which you've got mail. Yeah, oh, you've got mail. is one of my favorite films, and I love what it that originally came from, which was the Shop Around the Corner, which is a film that I watch every Christmas. Love that, um, and obviously the other person you really link in when it comes to Tom Hanks's stuff is you'll think of Meg Ryan, yes, who was the poster girl. You know, if you have Tom Hanks as the poster guy for the romantic comedy for a period in time. Meg Ryan was the poster girl for the romantic comedy sort of films. But it, it's interesting when you mentioned You've Got Mail, that I was reading, because I watched that, you know, I'd watched Shop Around the Corner around Christmas and I was on Amazon uh, and You've Got Mail was on. So I thought, I've not seen this for a while. Click, put it on. And I was reading up on things that, uh, about it after I watched it. And Meg Ryan isn't a huge fan of that film. Which which surprised me. And she was saying it's because she felt that the character didn't stretch her enough. She didn't sort of like really feel that she was doing anything with it, which I understand because if you think about it, she for a while was just coming off a cycle of doing things like that. Yeah. And now, probably felt it wasn't doing much for her. Yeah. Now what pairing uh, did you like more? Uh, did you like them in Sleepless in Seattle or did you like You've got mail. Well, it gets interesting because, to give you a bit of historic context for me, Sleepers in Seattle is what I would have seen way before You've Got Mail, obviously. I mean, in the time frame of seeing them anyway, because you know, one came after the other, but I didn't see You've Got Mail until many, many years later when a girl I was going out with at the time was like, you need to see this film. It's good. And this is years after it came out i just never it never been on my radar but sleepers in Seattle was one that i saw at the the cinema um I actually went to see when i was very young with my grandmother but i probably preferred them in you've got mail because i don't know it just it it, it worked better for me as a film to see i guess um you know around the time and obviously with internet uh, and things like that so yeah i think i preferred the pairing in that and then further from that i then found out what it came from which is shop around the corner and to be honest i probably watch shop around the corner now more than what you've got mail um but when you what what i do find very interesting uh and i will let you speak brian i promise uh is that that uh when you watch you've got mail it's a watching the old technology which is interesting but it's also the one question i would ask myself is there was no Wi-Fi when this film was made, so how are they all getting online? <laughs> they all just in rooms with with laptops, not plugged into anything. When in reality, you'd hear a, a modem screeching up, and it'd be plugged in on a cable somewhere. Oh man, do you remember those days? Oh, those annoying sounds. You're like waiting like thirty <laughs> minutes for it to connect, yeah. and then you wake up and you got a full beard. Mm. Uh so we talk, we talk about Meg Ryan. We have to talk about when Harry met Sally. <laughs> yeah, I watched oh, that. 
And of course, everyone refers to the scene. And you know <laughs> what dying. scene I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I, interesting. I watched when Harry uh, met Sally probably about a week ago after years of not seeing it. Um, and I just laughed throughout. I think I probably found it more funny now rewatching it as I've got older than I probably did when I was younger. Uh, the famous diner scene, which yes. I probably watched in the past with just, okay, this is kind of like, you know, bit bit humorous. I was laughing my ass off watching that <laughs> recently. I mean, and that scene alone has been turned into too many, like, gifts and memes, you know, over the years. Yeah. Oh, Nicole's joined us. Hello, Nicole. Hello. How are you doing? How are you? Doing well. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. I'm tired, but <laughs> so sleepy. That, yeah. that, it's, that, I know that feeling all too well. So <laughs> <laughs> hence this. <laughs> yep. So, uh, what are some of the romantic films that, that you can think offhand that are kind of like a, a go-to, especially during this weekend? Um, well, I don't watch any of well, them. Well, your, your but, favorite is 10 Things um, I Hate About You. My absolute favorite is 10 Things I Hate About You. But coming in a second and a, and a very like interesting second is uh, Say Anything with John Cusack. And then, I, don't, um, I don't think I've seen that, actually. It's the one where he holds the boombox over his head. I'm going to have to, I should really be like, you know, flame myself because it's a big 80s film and I've never seen that. I know it. I know what it is, but I've never seen it. But yeah. It, I didn't see it until I was quite a bit older. And then. Um, oh, yeah. Willow's. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. I like that one too. Isn't that, a bit, isn't that where she's an alcoholic, though? I don't know. That's a bit of a depressing one. Hello, Willa. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me if I'm right or wrong on that one. I think that's the. I think I might have it mixed up, but I think is that the one with the. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm sure that I may have the wrong film, but I think there's one where she's alcoholic. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing with like people when they think romance films, they think they're just all rom coms. Like yeah. there, there's a lot of films with romantic elements. Yes. Uh, that are not comedies, but for the majority of them, they are romantic comedies. Well, for I think really most of us is if we really enjoy, if if we enjoy movies, I think a lot more people enjoy romantic comedies as opposed yeah. to full fledged dramas, just because it's it's 
it pokes a little bit of fun at love. And if you've ever been in love, you know that it's, it's, it really is funny. Like, the romance is hilarious. Like, especially if you're in a romance with the person that makes complete sense for you to be with. Because there's no reason for you not to laugh at it because you're just like, oh my God. Like, yeah, that's, that's us. Yeah. Well, yeah she, when you say, she says it's a depressing one. Yeah, when when you say true. about the 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 thing that most people look at it and think it's romantic comedy, my ultimate romance film that I will watch is not a romantic comedy though. It borders almost going to probably science fiction, which is somewhere in time with Christopher oh, yes. and Jane Seymour, and that is a film that I I deep dive that one. I've got you know the the various different versions it came out and i've got the soundtrack i've got the, the novel it was based on and that is like one of the ultimate to me romantic things you can watch and I, as a man i will happily admit this niagara falls niagara falls i can watch that and it will break me yeah and you know and don't me. don't be embarrassed by that because no, no. uh it's good there there's a lot of people that say it's good for a man to cry uh and we're and we're all human it doesn't matter male female i mean even the the tough ones that say yeah, they cry don't cry, the they they cry. I cry all the time. Oh, like a, I'll happily admit it. I cry at the drop of a hat watching films, Ghostbusters, Afterlife, oh. within five minutes, and pretty much throughout the crying. entire film, I just cried through most. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, a good one too, mm-hmm. Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Yeah, I I actually hadn't again on. Um, it was interesting when you mentioned ten things I hate about you because both that and Princess Bride are things I'd never ever seen. I knew about them until we reviewed them on the podcast, um, and they're great. I love both of them. They were really good. Princess Bride, I thought, was just bonkers, brilliantly bonkers. Uh, but yeah, what a great film! What well, great so cast on, on both films. Yeah. And with Princess Bride, I think what made it, I don't know what made it timeless. And maybe this story, maybe because there was humor in it, maybe because there were so many lines from the movie that just like pervade throughout pop culture, but also is that it didn't go away. I mean, Ryan Reynolds brought it back in his, mm -hmm. his friendly version of Deadpool part two. Yeah. So but it's just, it was, uh, I just, you, you saw it everywhere. Like even when I was, cause it, I was young when it came out. So I probably didn't see it when it came out or even first 10 years it was out probably, but it became like part of, it, like part of pop culture. So I heard about mm. it and, and everything. And yeah. so we, well, we it, would it had, say things. It had one of those famous iconic VHS covers, you know, mm. every time you go to the video store. My name is Amigo Montoya. <laughs> yeah, and but that's the thing. You're right. It's quotable. It's quotable, yeah. and you may not even know. You may not have known it was in the film, but you would somehow have heard the quote mm-hmm. and been aware it's of it. And it that's real sticking. Yeah, I and mean, it is so funny because when I got into Criminal Minds, I was like. He looks very familiar. Yeah. Ah, yes, he was in Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it's so funny because I've seen a lot of people that didn't even know that was the same person. And he doesn't look the same. That's the whole thing is over a course of, you know, decades, he's changed quite a bit. But, um, well, it was interesting to watch him in other stuff. 
because I a link into other rom coms. Billy Crystal's in that as well, isn't it? The Princess Bride. So yeah, it all kind of comes full circle, really. Um, I love which you. I just. <laughs> It, yeah, it, but it also, would that not then link into probably the reason why he was in When Harry Met Sally? Because it's, it's the same director, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, um, but, you know, Billy Crystal, you know, um, he was a, a hot commodity, you know, through the 80s and, and, and into the early 90s. Um, you know, he, uh, you know, which led him to be a multiple host of the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and to this day, a lot of people say he's probably the, you know, if not the best Oscar host in history. Hey, uh, he the, the other one being Steve Martin. Yeah, I mean, I always liked Billy Crystal's because I was thinking that recently when I watched, looking at, you know, we're discussing romantic films now, but when I rewatched when Harry met Sally, I was thinking, isn't it interesting that we never saw him paired with Meg Ryan again? Because they work well. You know, he did, and there were other romantic films that that he made. Because was it was I think Bill Crystal did was it Forget Paris? I think he also did that. It's a, a romantic Denver. film. Um, yeah, I believe so that's it, another film that he was in. Yeah, Forget Paris. It's interesting that you never see you never saw him reteamed with Meg Ryan. Because you think you know, because you always saw the 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 thing everyone's used to, which is the idea of Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Yeah, because Forget Paris was him and and Deborah Winger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would think that they would have the light in the bottle that worked with when Harry met Sally. You think they would have tried redoing something like that, but you know, clearly it didn't. It didn't happen. But it was that didn't work out. It's always interesting when you see where films what they kind of build from. Because we said about you know the thing of like the Princess Bride became this really big thing, and just going back to like looking at something like Summer in Time. Um, it was. It astounded me to see how big that was as a film. And, you know, because going back, we talk about the old thing of going online, the old internet dial-up. So, I go in and look for information about a film. You get a a Yahoo page telling you a bit about the history of a film, which is what I expected. Finally, somewhere in time, one page. There's an international fan site for it. People go to the hotel where it was filmed to do a Summer in Time weekend. Actors from the series have been to it. They do recreation stuff. And I actually chat to it's Richard, a Richard Matheson uh, story. It's one of his novels. But I chat to his daughter. I got to know his daughter through this stuff. And it's just amazing how big, how huge this thing is. And it was it's when I fell in love with Jane Seymour. And still I'm in love with Jane Seymour. So. If, if yeah, you, Jane Seymour, yeah. If you watched, see, I grew up in Michigan. And mm-hmm. so I, and I was born the year the movie came out, by the way. Um, okay. So I had never seen it until I was a lot older and I'd gone mm-hmm. to, um, I'd gone to Mackinac Island and by being there and like looking at some of the shops, it was a huge big deal because it was filmed there and at the Grand Hotel. And so um, when you first, like see how mega popular it is in a, in a town that you've been to multiple times and never even understood. But uh, my first, my first boyfriend was a huge fan of the, of the movie. And he was like, you haven't seen it. And I'm like, no. And I forgot William H. Macy was in there. Like before he was a big name. You gotta see this movie. And so we went and we watched the movie and I was like, it was 
so well done and so interesting. And I was like, I wasn't ever into big, big into science fiction movies, but that was the first one I loved. And then, of course, I had to decide to love Christopher Reeve and Can can we talk about Christopher Reeve for a minute? Mm -hmm. Um, Who's a phenomenal actor. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm glad that he was picked for Superman, you know, because he was, I mean, he was known, but not known when he got got cast as Superman. I think he was much better um, than Superman. Like, it seemed like he got... Like that's all he was known for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I w- I wanted to see him blow up. Like mm-hmm. um, I know he was in things after Superman, but it just seemed like Is he, it, he never reached that. Peak. I feel like it. It was a it was a catch twenty two that role was because it was a role that made him famous, but it's also the yeah. role that kept him where he was. Yeah, he was yeah, a name. He he was a household name, but he never became you know because he he did that that remake that horror remake with Christy Alley. Um, the village, of the village man. of the damned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just never yeah. became. He became a household name, but he didn't become, you know, the actor that we thought he would because he didn't become the next Tom Cruise. He became. Yeah, I'm just thinking yeah, if yeah. that horse accident. The next Tom Cruise, but Tom Cruise happened like, after him. Sorry. I, I I'm just thinking like if that horse accident never happened, like what could have been? Like I think throughout the 90s and and to the 2000s, I think we would have seen. Christopher, I mean, I personally think because the way the times have changed, I think he would have had a, a, an Oscar or two. Yeah. I think he probably would have seen a, a career resurgence because obviously as he would have got older, you probably would have seen him going to more more interesting, you know, the more mature roles. Um, he probably would have ended up becoming a very big guy. I, I could see him becoming a character actor. I could see him getting into that and becoming sort of more, in more established pieces. But it is a shame because, as you said, and I guess it happens with people in the play James Bond, things like that. You become stuck. Whatever you do, whatever else you will do, you are going to be that role. And it will stick with you inevitably. And some people manage to break away from it and do other things. But you are correct because, yeah. Yeah. It's what he got stuck with. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There are worse things to be stuck with, but you are right. Yeah, and it's funny. You, you had brought up the, the whole comparison with James Bond. I mean, uh, Daniel Craig and Sean Connery aside, all the other actors, that's all they're known for. Yeah, and it, it's a damn shame because if you look at – the the acting abilities of them, like some, I mean, my favourite Bond is Timothy Dalton. So if you look at him, he's a really good Shakespearean actor. But from a film standpoint, 
he, he never really he never really lifted off. I mean, he's he's doing well now on TV things like playing the chief on Doom Patrol when he was in Penny Dreadful. So he's seeing a resurgence in that form. But some of his films, it's just never it's never become anything as big as well yeah daniel craig seems to have survived and gone off to other stuff and pierce brosnan's done it a bit but even his stuff's been a bit hit and miss whether he'll who knows he's going to be in black adam as is it dr fate so it might completely re you know give his career a boost um that you know that was an unexpected thing um yeah i'm just looking at, at timothy dalton's uh like career here mm-hmm. uh as much as I hate her voice, the beautician and the beast, I thought was a pretty. <laughs> Fran Drescher. Yes. yes. I hate her so much. Yeah, her voice is so like annoying. <laughs> um, oh my I, God. I enjoy Pierce Brosnan. I, you know, I enjoy his work. He was amazing in Miss Doubtfire. I loved. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. He was good in Mrs. Doubtfire, yeah. <laughs> so, but I do I do want to mention, like, I never saw the, so the book that Somewhere in Time is based off of is called uh, Bid Time Return. Bid Time Return, yeah. And um, it's by the author that also wrote What Dreams May Come. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, that's, it's not really a love movie. It's not really a love story, but um, the what dreams may come is about it had Robin Williams in it. Mm-hmm. Wasn't um, um, Cuban Gooding Jr. in that movie as well? Yes, uh, in in Annabella Sakura, but it was about uh, he dies and goes to heaven, and mm-hmm. he he has to descend to hell to rescue his wife. But like, there's this whole like understanding of death as as like not the end because the energy we put into love transcends that. And so um yeah, I see what it was it kind of fits into it was I mean it was a it, like the the book is nowhere near even comparable to the movie because the movie is so different. But mm-hmm. it was kind of it, the, the point was there. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, the energy we put into really loving somebody, like truly loving somebody. If we talk about how, you know, our, that we don't die, our, our energy doesn't die, can neither be made nor destroyed, you know, can neither be created nor destroyed. Mm-hmm. Then if that's a scientific law that we know, then what happens to the energy that we put into love? Mm you know, all philosophically stated is probably a lot like what is in his book. And I think that that is a huge, like I, the movie blew my mind and I've only been able to watch it once because I cried mm-hmm. so hard and was so spent after watching it. So, yeah. Um, what about, like when we had all those like teen romantic comedies of the late nineties, early two thousands. So you had like she's all that. She's all that. Um, ten things I hate about you. Yeah, ten things I hate about you came out right in that same time. Well, in ten things I hate about you was the like that resurgence where a lot of those teen movies were adaptations of Shakespeare's yes. work. Oh, can't hardly wait. Was so, another one. Um, so like they made the whole like Romeo and Juliet adaptation with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. And then they were like, well, the language really didn't fit. 
Money. They didn't Money. change. They didn't Teenagers change will anything. Money. <laughs> but they're like, well, this works. Let's take the story mm-hmm. and put it in the in the in the time period. You know, mm-hmm. the very mm-hmm. timeless nineties. And that's how we got um, ten things I hate about you, which is based on the Taming of the Shrew. So at and that was my favorite play from this my arc? favorite Shakespeare play. Blast from the past. Blast from the past. <laughs> yes, Brendan Fraser. Oh, Brendan Fraser. Yes. Alicia, Alicia Silverstone. Silverstone. Yes, love that film. Love it. I mean, you could also what what do you say? Clueless is a romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah. she's not falling in love with the right person. <laughs> but yeah. clue, yeah. I mean, Clueless is. Because Clueless is from um, what was that an adaptation of? Come on, James, think. Uh, was it Jane Eyre? It was supposed to be an I adaptation. Think something. Of? Well, that's yeah, something it, I, I, you know. I think it might be because you, you brought up Timothy Dalton, which who starred in that film in 1983. He was yeah, yeah, but I'm sure yeah. Actually, that's true. Yeah, yeah. My God, it all comes full circle. <laughs> yeah. But the interesting question I want to ask you is, what do you consider a really bad... Because we've, we've looked at what we like as romantic comedies. What would you consider a really bad one for you? That you thought, oh, my God, this is painful. This is unwatchable. Oh. <laughs> or was uh, it disappointment? Well, uh... I don't... I don't know. I, I'm going to have to think about that. What, what do you... Yeah. Um, I don't know if you'd say it's a romantic comedy, but I wasn't exactly sold on the... F- I like the first Bridget Jones film, I like the second one, but the final one that was done just didn't really tick all the boxes for me. It, it didn't... I don't know. I mean, Bridget Jones was never really my sort of thing, but I, I did like... I, I watched the first one just because it was like, hmm, this could be interesting. Everyone's saying it's great. And the second one I watched just because I'd like the first one, but the third one did nothing, yeah. nothing for me. It didn't... Oh. It wasn't all. I got one that came to mind. The pairing, the pairing of like the the pairing of Hugh Grant and Renee Zellweger, I think, was a yes. good a, a good pair. Yeah. Um, and I the, enjoyed the, both the cast of them, and the performances. Uh, maybe the script. I don't think they needed a third one, but yeah, I, I think maybe they just wanted to round it out because it was yeah. a trilogy of books. Yeah. Who else? Who else was in that? The guy from Kingsman was in Colin, it, right? Uh, Colin Firth was in it. Colin yeah. Firth. Yeah, I mean it's it's not awful. I'm not saying it's a terrible, turgid thing to watch, but it just wasn't one of the uh, the the old timers for me that yeah. kind of gets your. I got one that came to mind. Um, it, it was an okay movie, but it, I was a bit disappointed in it. Music and lyrics. Hugh Grant is in it. Yeah, there. I've only. Wa- yeah. you're right. Yeah, I've only watched it once. It was. It wasn't. Yeah, it's it kind it's, of flat. It's, it's what it's okay. It's watchable. Part of the it's, fun. Uh, yeah, he yeah. was like you know a, a big huge pop star. Like they they were riffing off of Wham. So like his yeah, well, character totally, yeah, was yeah. like the the George Michael, and then uh, he kind of fizzled out and uh, ends up being like a like a professor or something or a teacher. Yeah, I've it was all right. Um, I, like, but, I, I did like the fake song in it. Is it the pop goes my heart? Thing? Yes. My, one of my friends got me into that. He kept playing it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of it's catchy, sort of harmless bubblegum stuff. Um, but yeah, it's 
Well, see, the the interesting thing is, obviously, there was like a big push for romantic comedies of a, of a type, I guess, in the 80s, uh, which probably was so, I mean, the teen romantic comedy sort of thing. And romance films saw a resurgence in the 90s with, as you were saying, but do you think we're going to see a big push for them now? Is this the sort of thing that, because I, I mean, whether I'm totally out of the loop now or what's... Well, the, I mean, if you look at someone like um, Jennifer Lopez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's been, I mean, she's a versatile actress. I mean, she's done yeah, she uh, stuff. What is the the one uh, enough? Yeah, she, she did that oh, one. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and the she, one where she's it? the teacher and she has to the deal boy with next door. Yeah, the boy next door. Yeah, and what was the one? Angel Eyes, right? Angel Eyes. Yeah, and then uh, of course recently, uh, Mary yesterday, Manhattan. Marry Me, which is based on a comic. I didn't even know. She so did, now I really? made in she did Made in Manhattan and then she did another movie which I can't remember and then and then this one Marry Me. She did second act which I picked up um at Big Lots recently. Uh that came out in the last couple of years. Um but she hasn't done a I mean Yeah, uh, I had no idea Marry Me is a comic book though. I'm yeah, it's a it, I I just found this out when I was watching John Campia this week. Robert Meyer Burnett wow. had brought it up. And I was like, Different. oh, I didn't know. And so I, I Googled it. Yeah, it, it's based on a, a comic. Well, I'm going to throw... Now, interesting, we talk about stuff. So romantic films, not necessarily romantic comedies, but romantic films. And we were just discussing the Batman. So would we consider using Mr. Pattinson and his starting out big point? Are the Twilight films romantic films? I guess they're like teen romance. Because, I mean, really, it's a young adult book. Mm-hmm. And so kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, aside from the fact that it was... And then, you know, Fifty oh, Shades came, was started as Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. How weird is that? <laughs> Did that span off? <laughs> I've never seen them, but I did read... Uh, where I used to work, someone had left one of the books, and I thought, I'm going to read a few lines, because everyone kept saying how really poorly written Fifty Shades was. I was like, yeah, this isn't yeah. good. <laughs> and we've seen all three films. Well, now, if you take if the you, sex stuff if out... You, if you... If you... If you take the sex stuff out, you got nothing. There, There's there, a rich minutes, guy that's like... That's, five minutes of film. gaslighting a girl. <laughs> well, but there's... There is a deeper thing. There. I mean, the most, the greatest part of it is seeing a half dressed Jamie Dornan. I mean, like, <laughs> hey, whatever. I don't see it for that ability, but hey, I'm not knocking anyone who's in for that, who wanted to watch it for that reason. Whatever works for the viewer. I and it's just they weren't. I don't feel like they were the best actors, and maybe that's why because they weren't the best actors playing a not very well written book. And I read the book. Oh, I, read the I don't know. I, I, I didn't read all three, but I read the first one. I, I think they're they're both great actors. I just think they were what they were for the work- role, yeah. or what they were working with wasn't the greatest. But I also feel the same, the exact same way about Twilight. So for me, Twilight was flat. Like I only read it because my kids were reading it. And and if anybody has watched the show, they know well enough that I love vampire everything. Like if it's a vampire thing, Angel is Angel is my top go to like vampire thing. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer before the one with Luke Perry in it. Um, like I've seen every vampire movie there's possible. 
except for Nosferatu, the like the mm-hmm. series, the new the new series. I haven't seen that. But like I've seen like literally every vampire thing. So my kids were reading uh, Twilight in class, and I was like, well, I guess I better jump on the bandwagon so I know what they're reading. And I read it. It took me 18 months to read this book. And I'm like, God help me. I hate this. And then, and then I'm like, okay. So I want, and then I read New Moon. And mm-hmm. after I read New Moon, I was like, okay, well, I can get behind New Moon, mm-hmm. which everybody said was their least favorite book. But I was like, it was my most favorite book because it talked about werewolves, which was way more interesting because there was a whole lot more lore. And so I love that book. And I didn't care for either of the movies really because I felt like they were kind of. There's just really, really pretty people that didn't really have a lot of acting. Like, I just didn't feel like it was well acted. Right. And then I think uh, that's where people got lost on Robert Pattinson. Yes. And yeah, ignored him yeah. for the last 10 years because all they saw yeah. was Twilight. Yeah, but if you had seen Remember Me and you saw... Oh, Remember Me. That... Um, if you saw a lot of the stuff that he did in Britain. Yeah. Like... Yeah. I mean, he was, and he was even good in Harry Potter. Like, I, I mean, it's a very small role, but he was good in that movie. It's well, not. He was any, also, sorry, go, sorry, Nicole. What was the name of that movie that he was in? Um. Well, I it's mean, a ghost, he, go, ghost. The uh, the airman. Yeah. Was that what it was? Something, something airman. Yeah. Uh, and it, and as a, it was, it. it it it's, was like a British, a British produced. Um, it was like a straight to video. Type yeah, thing. I think so. I think it was on TV actually. I think it was a miniseries or something on TV. And I, I had read about it, and I was like, "Well, I guess I should probably check this out, considering I, you know, this guy's in Twilight. Let's see what's up." And he is actually really good in that too. Yeah, and then he remember incredible when, and remember me. We so. were in Vegas, and we went to that film festival. And we saw the movie that he directed, and that was a good movie too. Oh right, so he's he's done directing as well. I mean, that's I mean, the he thing. Has, You've got to give he, him credit. He's yeah, he has than that bright role. spots like there's yeah. the, the Lost City of Z. He was fantastic in that. Uh, so, Rover, and then of course everyone says the Lighthouse. I think we just we get caught up in in one or two things that somebody does, and we don't give them credit for the other things that have happened. And granted, I mean, what was the most popular thing that he was in, like? Twilight. So that's yeah. what people are going to know him from. Um, I just think it's too bad. Now, am oh, I am I what, going to enjoy the Batman movie? Probably well, what not. is that one know. that he did with Reese Witherspoon uh, that was based on a book? Water for Elephants. Yeah. Do you know, I've not seen that, but when you talk about his ability to do other things, it's a film that, it's not my all-time favorite, but Tenet is, he's good in that. It's a good, you know, it's, it's a damn weird film, Tenet, but it's it's nowhere near as enjoyable for me as watching uh, Inception, but it's it's good, and he is good in it. I can, I mean, he was making that when he went off and did his audition for Batman, the Batman, and I can kind of see when I watched Tenet, I thought, yeah, I can see more as Bruce Wayne. I can see why they would look at him. I and mean, I still, to, to make it full circle, though, you you bring up Tenet. We're talking about Robert Pattinson. Yeah. When he was filming that movie, he got offered the role of Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Christopher Nolan told him to do it. Right. Well, I've gathered what he also did when he was making it is he said to uh, Christopher Nolan, uh, right, I've got to, I can't be in sort of thing. I've got a family emergency. And Christopher Nolan looked at him and went, you're going to the Batman audition, aren't you? <laughs> so, 
So he's like, ah, right. So I can't lie. Yeah, I'm going. I think uh, I think we we pigeonhole people. Like we were talking about Christopher Reeve not too long ago. I believe, honestly, I really think that we 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 can only see certain people as certain people, and then when they do something outside of that, well, that's that's what happens with. It's kind of a full circle thing with Mm. the Batman in general, like starting with the 80s when Michael Keaton was just doing comedies, you know, Gung Ho and Beetlejuice and um, what was the other? Mr. Mom. You're like, he's he's there was no Internet back then. Mr. Mom's going to be Batman. So people were writing letters of death threats or whatever to Warner Brothers. But I mean, it. It is interesting, though, because you would... I remember watching um, a few years ago, I was watching Batman Returns. It's one of my go-to Christmas films. And I was watching it with my father, and I was saying it's the, the scene where uh, you see Keaton, you know, as Bruce Wayne, going to the boardroom, and he's talking to, you know, Chris Walken's Matt Shrek. And I said, it's interesting looking at him, the physicality of him, because he's not a particularly big guy, against, like, the man-mountain that is Ben Affleck. And I can so I can see why when people would initially look at Keaton, they'd be like, "This guy's Batman," but he pulled it off. He was he was very good. So, and when you think about it, like if you, for me, I've watched every single like recent incarnation of Batman, and you think, Mm -hmm. well, you know, it always seemed like one of them was better, like they he was better suited for one or the other. So, like for me, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer was a far better you might have to take care Batman of than he was a Bruce Wayne. But mm-hmm. I felt like Keaton was the all-time oh. Bruce Wayne. You go take care of those boys. Parenting. Parenting. The joys of parenting. Um but yeah, it's it's interesting on like romantic comedies that it's also interesting when you see people you wouldn't expect dab. Oh, well, I keep saying romantic comedies, but romantic films in general. But I guess we pigeonhole them as comedies. When you're seeing so like people who you would unexpectedly, uh, you, you wouldn't have thought ever going into them to do them. Um, you know, when it flips on the head from people you'd thought might do action. It's like when you see, say, someone like Nick Cage, whose career was, uh, he maybe started out doing comedy a bit more. Then he seen me in romantic films like, um, you know, It Could Happen to You, which is like one of my all to, all-time favorite films. Yeah, and he's seen doing yeah. the Christmas. Uh, was it Wild at Heart? Yeah. So that's what I mean. It's this total different jump you see of him doing films. And then he became an action star when he was like, at one stage, the biggest guy ever when he was doing like Con Air and Face Up and things yeah. like that. Um, which is again around the time they looked at him and going on to the superhero thing when they looked at him potentially for playing Superman, which I still think could have been a brilliant film, odd, but brilliant. Um, but then like for a romantic film, you know, it could happen to you. I love it. Absolutely brilliant film. I could say another one that I can rewatch uh, again and again and again. The lot, you know, the idea of somebody splitting a lottery ticket for yeah. someone. Yeah, what's the other one that Nick Cage did? Uh, Family Man? And that's the Christmassy one, yeah. 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 With uh, Tia Leone, yeah. Yeah. yeah so let, let's take it back a few years. Uh, this is a film that a lot of people um, put on their all time favorites His Girl Friday. I know it, but I've never seen it. 
uh, Cary Grant, uh, Rosalind Russell. Uh, this was from 1940. Wow. Um, this is, um, I'm, I'm reading this article uh, from Good Housekeeping uh, magazine, and they have like 60 movies on here um, that are like romance type movies. It says this movie is the very definition of a screwball romantic comedy with a rat-a-tat dialogue and snappy patter that keeps viewers on their toes. It's also a comedy of remarriage as it's about a newspaper reporter who wants to stop his ex-wife and one-time protege from getting married to a bland insurance broker. Don't look at him. But again, it's like what we said about the going back on the time frame. We probably try and focus more for, I guess, for our age and what we know on like the so the eighties onward stuff. But if you are going back, like you said, for look at something like you know, uh, as I said, like you know, shop around the corner is an older film, or the film like say Move Over Darling with Doris Day and James Garner. You going back into like the sixties when you've got even earlier on things like shop around the corner but it is these i guess are like the romantic comedies uh that again i will watch happily things like move up the darling uh and shop around the corner but yeah it shows that it's a tried and tested formula i guess that has worked well then sit over there yeah well here here's a film that people talk about uh and they say quite possibly um is jim carrey's best internal sunshine of a spotless mind Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because it's when you started to see him doing more sort of proper straight dramatic work, didn't you? That kind of jump, I guess, like the not as successful, but as like the Tom Hanks style of things, going from comedy into something with more drama. And you have right. seen Carey doing that more often. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, of course, there's like Moonstruck. We were talking oh, about Nicolas yeah. Cage. Oh, God, yeah, I'd never thought of that. Of Moonstruck. Yeah, that's that. That's a hell of a film. Yeah, because didn't Shea get an Oscar for that as well? Yes, yes. Wow. God, yeah. How, do I, how did I forget Moonstruck? Um, here's something that I, I actually love this film, and I think that Put the two actors her. work well, and that's While You Were Sleeping. Yes. God, I've not seen that Bill for Bowman. so long. I've not seen that film for, film for so long, but yeah. yeah. God, and that came out in 95, so that came out right around the same time as, like, you know, uh, they were doing the whole When Harry Met Sally and Sleepers yeah. in Seattle and all that. And he, isn't Bill Pullman in Sleepers in Seattle? Ah. I'm sure he's the Jill, yeah. to, he's who's, who uh, Meg Ryan leaves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, At least we're finding the interconnection. If we can get Kevin Bacon in there, we can do Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> uh, Love and Basketball is, is another film. Not one I know, I'm afraid. Um, this is uh, from 2000. It's uh, about a childhood, childhood sweethearts. Um, it has uh, Omar Epps. He plays next door neighbors who um, Sana Lathan and yeah. Omar Epps. They're next for neighbors that fall in love. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they both have ambitions um, to play professional ball. Yeah. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's no. not what I thought would be the sort of thing you make a romantic film about, though. But, hey, <laughs> two people playing ball, but, hey. Yeah, it, it, they, they they fall in love with each other um, over something that they love. Makes sense, actually, if you look at it that way, yeah, yeah. Now, this one is one of, like, as soon as I saw this one, this shot up to one of my favorites, and that's Always Be My Maybe, which is a Netflix original with Randall Park and Ali Wong. You're going to have to tell me about it, Brian. I'm sorry. It's an, it's not one that has even hit the radar for me. Okay, uh, so it's a 2019 film. Uh Comedian uh, Ali Wong, uh, she directs this movie. Uh, she also plays uh, Sasha Tran, a celebrity chef who returns home to San Francisco to open a restaurant. Of course, she runs into her childhood BFF, Marcus Kim, who's played by Randall Park, whose life hasn't exactly gone to plan. Sparks fly, Batner follows, and so does plenty of drama. Now, he's always had a thing for her uh, since they were like, in elementary school and uh, just never got the, the chance to tell her. And so when they meet up, you know, when she's this famous celebrity chef in San Francisco, um, it's on, it's on Netflix. You need to watch. I highly recommend anybody has not seen this movie to go watch it. I'm definitely going to have a look for it. But what I always find interesting in the romantic films is where it's been someone who's been longing, panning for somebody and, in these films, invariably, they will get together, but could, wouldn't it be interesting we have had a film where the person who pines for the person is destroyed, <laughs> where it doesn't work out, just to sort of see a bit more of what you might consider a reality thing? I know I'm starting to be really nasty and sadistic, but you know how, like, the love from afar thing? The, the, there must be a film somewhere that's been made where that doesn't work out, and I keep seeing one that pops up on Facebook where it is about a guy who fancies this girl he goes to it and she like basically runs off with some other guy. Uh, well, there, there's a movie that's sort of like that, uh, but I mean, at the end, it kind of does work out for them. But for most of the film, and that's Ryan Reynolds' Just Friends. Yeah, right. I've, I've, yeah, I'm gonna have to look for that because I've not seen it. I mean, I was gonna say Pretty in Pink kind of has that a little bit at the end, doesn't it? Because yeah, she okay. runs off with the other guy. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Just Friends, Ryan Reynolds, uh, 
when he was younger was this fat kid and it was always made fun of and the girl always stuck up for him but like they never hooked up and then so like flash forward this movie came out 2005 so this is before he was huge yeah this was when he was on his rise and Mm -hmm. uh so they they meet up and like he looks like you know of course ryan reynolds he's not Mm -hmm. in a fat not fat no more and, and looks good and stuff and he's still just the best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to have to have a look for that one. That does sound interesting, but the, I'm going to also have to work out what the one is where they keep posting memes of this pod, like heartbroken young lad. <laughs> this teenager who's like, it's like he's had his heart ripped from his chest. <laughs> it's, I think it's one from the eighties where he sees this, the girl has got with the, with the, 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 uh, instead of him is with this boy. She likes, he's probably like the, the jock or something. So, yeah. It's uh yeah. But I mean, I think what probably we also like about seeing romantic films is the the element of people being in love when it's going right, and I guess the element of where it's it's beyond reality. You know, where everything does go perfectly according to plan in most of these films. You know, like and I think that's what people certainly enjoy. Uh I also find the like when you're watching the end of when Harry met Sally quite interesting. I'm thinking, could that really have worked? Would would they really have got together? Would it have actually worked out? Because they were quite opposing people. Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, that that is an interesting question. Like to to think about. Um, I'm looking here at this uh, list here. Have you ever seen How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days? Yes, but it's a long. It's not something I've seen recently, so I can't remember it that well. Uh, Kate Hudson, uh, Matthew yeah, yeah. McConaughey. Yeah, um, I thought that movie was interesting. Uh, it's uh, Kate Hudson plays uh, Andy, who places a bet that she can get rid of a guy in ten days, and Ben uh, also wagers that he can get a girl in ten days. So that was an interesting concept. And it's interesting. Well, the time. Concept. And it's a bit like you also made me think of another film that uh, a romantic one that I really like was um well I think it's romantic yeah, romantic comedy, I guess. As good as it gets. Yeah. Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt. Yeah. Now yeah. when you talk it's about people where different, what different uh take on it, because it's yeah. a different generation, you know. Where it wouldn't in reality I can't see those two working. <laughs> I mean, there's. I really couldn't see it working there. I mean, the characters are both completely batshit crazy, but I really couldn't <laughs> see them sort of like meshing that well. And then there's um, another film that um, talk about different generations. Another one that uh, Nicholson made with Diane Keaton, which is it'll come to me. I can see I the so. cover. Um, God, what is it called? No, it, and Keanu Reeves is in it as well. And that was a really cool romantic. But Keanu Reeves was a doctor, right? Yes, that's the one. That's the one. That and is it's uh, isn't it called because I said so? Isn't it because I said so? I, I honestly, I don't think it is. I can't honestly remember. Or um, no, something's got to give. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. And like you get the other changes in like the age because I guess romantic comedies are more people who are a bit younger, but then you get the other the thing where it's complicated, which was Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin, 
which was like a really interesting concept of having a divorced couple getting back together, kind of like almost having, well, they are having an affair because he's married or with somebody else. So she becomes the person having an affair with her ex-husband, who's also got Steve Martin on the side. It's like the most insane love triangle known to man. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that's actually a really good movie. That, it is, like, it is. I it, love that's, it. That's the, that's the kind of movie, like, uh, if you're having a crappy day, if you put it on, it, it makes you smile and laugh. Mm. It is, and it's one I was thinking about earlier today, just thinking that I've not seen it for a while, so at some point you're going to have to go back into the uh, Blu-ray player. But I'm going to ask you a question, Nicole. I know I'm, I can tell I podcast because I'm just firing questions, even though I'm the guest. You mentioned vampire things. Have you ever seen a TV series called Ultraviolet from the 90s? I only watched a handful of the episodes, and I think it's because it was, I was not the right age to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't think I was the right age to appreciate it when it was on. Um, and I haven't gotten back to watch the rest of it. But it wasn't my favorite. It doesn't stand out, but it's not, I didn't hate it. Because I, I kind of like that it wasn't your obvious vampires. Mm-hmm. It was almost like if you're trying to show you vampires in the real world, because they don't gash them with stakes and whatnot. It's like, you know, bullets right. lined with, I think, ash and garlic and things. Yeah. And I remember I remember it coming out, and it was like this, this kind of really weird advertising campaign, because they'd show you an image of the street for, and using an ultraviolet, like you know ultraviolet things showing heat on a human being saying like mm-hmm. they walk among us you're like what the hell is this you're wondering yeah. you know, think is this some sort of problem about people with health problems or <laughs> something that we're not aware of in a sense it was trying to do that but i think it's just a really cool way of like changing vampire law and then they tried to like remake it and it failed miserably um but idris helber started out in that it's one of his early things so it's really cool sort of scene where he started out. In At that. least we got Idris Elba out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Jack Davenport in it. He was really mm-hmm. good. So, yeah. So James, uh, let me ask you, um, what is the perfect romantic date? Um, if, if you were to, if someone came to you and said, man, I, I, I need, I need some uh, assistance here, some advice. What, what would that advice be? Well, my first response would be, I'm single, so why are you asking me? Um, (laughs) Are you really sure you want advice from me? I'm not with anybody. Um, My ultimate date. See, I like to do the thing of whining and dining the lady. Uh, That's kind of the way way I'll do things. Go for a nice meal, uh, have a few drinks, probably watch a romantic film of some sort. Depends on the situation, really, and where you are in the the whole scheme of things. Do, do you have any any stories that you're okay to share uh, that like what experiences? Age, what, age, what age range is our audience? <laughs> uh, how how clean age. do I have to go? Uh, have I got anything I can share? Not that much that I'm trying. Okay, I can tell one that is kind of amusing. No names will be mentioned, but first date. I'll give you the worst case scenario. This may explain why I'm single. Okay. If you're going to, if, if you're the girl you're going on the date with says, meet me at this location, this pub, make sure you go to the right pub and not a <laughs> pub 
with the same name in a completely different area, it doesn't bode well. <laughs> now, it does not bode well. And also, uh, make sure your phone's charged because when you bat when you go to the wrong pub and your battery dies, uh, and the person can't get in contact with you. Uh, yeah, these these things don't work work well. I did manage to get to the right pub and get some charge on my phone, but needless to say, we didn't have a second date. Uh, Here's a learning curve. That's all. That's wow. What about you? Do you have a story that you want to share about what? I don't know, like a mishap or a, even a fun date. I I always like it when it's not the most like you don't think it's gonna come out like nothing's gonna come out of it. So my very first boyfriend um, was friends with a friend of mine that I worked with, and so we were at work and we were both clacking out, and I think he was picking her up. Cause he was going to give her a ride home. And um, we stood out in the parking lot. We we're chatting and talking and whatever. And um, it's no big thing or anything. We we're just laughing. And he was like, I don't know, four or five years older than us. So I didn't figure, you know, what would a, I'm 18. What would a, you know, 22, 23 year old want? What do we have in common? Um, and so I was just kind of like, whatever, you know, and uh, he turned, like, they were going to get in the car, and he turned to me, and he kissed my hand and said, it was a pleasure meeting you. I'll, I'll see you soon. And I was like. That's, like, right out of a movie. It's <laughs> happening to me right now, right? And so I was like, um, okay. Figure it out. we see him again. And we ended up together for, like, four years. Of course, that didn't work out. And then I was in other long-term ridiculous relationships, and then I ended up with you, which is a different kind of ridiculous, but <laughs> we've been together for 15 years. So. Hey, it clearly worked. Yeah. It's all good. It's, it's all good. Yes. And we're doing this and we haven't killed each other yet. Although apparently I did try <laughs> once. Not too long ago. That Yeah. That's, that's for we another day. I didn't, I didn't yeah, really try. No. <laughs> It was completely accidental, and it wasn't entirely that's, my fault. That's good. No, I like it. This is this is being recorded. All bases covered. All bases covered. You know, it's bad when you call you when you call your mom and say, um, "Hey, so the we we can't um, we can't talk to you right now. We can't um, do any 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 um, uh, video video calls or anything because Brian's in the hospital." And she's like. The hell did you do to him? And she was joking. And I said, "Oh, um, he choked on the he choked on the chicken." And she said, "Did you cook it?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she says, "You're supposed to have life insurance first. That was her advice." She's like, "Are you trying to kill him? Like, because we all know you're not the best cook." And I'm like, "Who are you? Who are you trying to like?" She was killing me. She was like. Full on giving me a hard time. I was like, yeah, I'm a terrible cook. And apparently I'm a terrible wife. And currently, a, what are you doing? 
I um I terrible just, mother. So do you do you have any stories for us? Do I have any stories? What? Um, I guess it would be that story. <laughs> so that's a pretty good one. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. You weren't yeah. horrendously ill, were you? Uh, no, I. <laughs> I'm still here. That's that's a good thing. What? He he asked if I had oh. any stories. I said it, oh, it would be that trying to kill you. Yeah. I didn't really try to kill him. It was a happy Although, coincidence. I have the worst. I have the worst bedside manner. Like I am not okay when people like that are close to me are sick or bleeding or anything. I'm just not. I'm not good. Like I just can't. Um, I've gotten better with the children, but not with him. Yeah, yeah. So the whole time he's like, "Hi, kids," because he's talking to me. He's like, "I'm choking," and I'm like, "No, you're not, because you're talking to me. You're not choking." And he's like, "But it's stuck. It's stuck." And I'm like, "Stuck where?" And he's like, "It's stuck. Watch." <laughs> and he'd drink, and then it would come back up. And he's Whoa. like, "I can't swallow the water. I can't." And I'm Whoa. like, "It's stuck." Yeah, it was stuck in my esophagus. Like in his esophagus. And I'm like, Brian, what are you talking about? Like, what do I do with like do you want me to take you to the hospital? What do you want me to do? So I'm just I'm, I'm like screaming and acting like a crazy person. I'm like, do you want me to take you to the hospital? Do we need to go to the hospital? Are you okay? What's happening? But you live to fight another day. That's right. <laughs> Main thing. So, uh, James, I would like to ask uh, if you were to recommend five uh, films uh, that that people need to check out that are in the romance, romantic comedy uh, field, what five films would you recommend? Like okay. if, if they haven't Def- seen yeah. any of them. Yeah. So definitely Summer in Time. There's no way I couldn't run without one. Uh, I would say you've got the tie of shop around the corner and um you've got mail you know you've got the original and the remake um and we mentioned it but it, it didn't actually hit me but i would say um um probably because it is it's kind of a different genre way of looking at it um as good as it gets i would say it's definitely in there um you would definitely have to have um uh Great, I can remember the name of it. I've lost my the the the. It's the Nick Cage um, film where he gives you know it's the the lottery ticket one, which the name's completely gone from my mind, which is very annoying. Um, with Bridget Fonda, so whatever that one is called, that's totally escaped me. Search for it, people online, you'll find oh. it. Um, so uh, it could happen to you. There you go. Took me a bit of time, but uh, it could happen to you with being there. And what would my last one be? I'd say it's going to have to be When Harry Met Sally. Just because that's kind of like, it, it's a tie between that probably. Yeah, no, I'd say When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, When Harry Met Sally. Those ones, for me, uh, are probably the, be- the best you can kind of run with. What about you? What five would you recommend? Mine are all relatively new. Um so, 10 Things I Hate About You, mm-hmm. of course. Um, uh, probably Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, whatever. Go. 
<laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's Straight a damn child. Um. You said say anything. Say anything, and then um, uh, love Simon because it's the other side of you. Know, like we always see heterosexual couple couples in romance comedies, but I think it's important to see, you know, to normalize and make very apparent that love stories come in all sizes and colors and genders. And then um, the last one I think is uh, we just saw it. Oh. Um, to all the boys I loved before, because and that, I that's a trilogy. Absolutely loved that Netflix movie, and I thought it was hilarious. Because if you've ever been a girl that pined away for boys and wrote love notes that you never wanted to be sent, that movie's for you. Yeah, she had speaking she had girl, she had a whole box of just the love speaking letters. Speaking from experience of a girl I'll, whose note got I'll, out, I'll have to have a look for it. It I'll was terrible. Have a look for it. Yeah. Um I would say the big sick which um is it is a very very good movie. Um it's it's sad but it's also um funny and uh it it, it it pulls at the heartstrings. Uh, that one, um, uh, I would say, when Harry met Sally. No. Um, man, there's so many to choose. One that I always would recommend is Return to Me, with Minnie Driver and David Duchovny. Um, if you have not seen that one, uh, David, oh, David, uh, character, um, that's is a brilliant film. Yeah. And, uh, John Campia keeps bringing it up that, uh, it's probably everyone thinks of David company as Calification or X-Files, but they, they forget about, uh, this film, um, and this particular scene. When he comes home from the hospital because he had just had the car accident and his wife uh, died um, and the dog comes and is staring at the door and he turns to the dog and says, it's okay, she's not coming. And he keeps telling the dog that and then he just breaks down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the film is, is really uh, deep. Uh, okay. it, it has its it has uh, its funny moments and and sad moments uh, and the happy ending. Uh, not to really give it away, but uh, the wife that died is on the transplant. Like she's a donor, and uh, somewhere else in a, in a different part of the of the country, Mimi uh, Driver needs a heart, so she's on the transplant list. And she ends up getting the transplant, but David's character does not know, and they end up meeting and falling in love. And yeah. uh, I, so, I, I do remember that film, and I've not seen it for for a very long time. But you're right, the scene with the dog. Yeah, that's one that I really, that are, yeah, emotionally, that's got real resonance to it. And I also, it, on a slightly amusing point, I always remember the scene where he goes to the bar. And it's an older, 
it's an older set of gentlemen at the bar, and they're yeah. kind of like not that interested in him. And the guy goes, he's a widower. Uh, <laughs> yes. like, yeah, come on, yeah. <laughs> um, Love Actually. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of people in that movie. Um, Rick Grimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Before he was uh, in The Walking Dead, of course. <laughs> uh, you know, Hugh Grant, Colin Firth, Emma Thompson, uh, Kira Knightley, uh, Rowan Atkinson, which everybody knows as Mr. Bean. Liam Neeson's in it, isn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, Liam Neeson. Uh, Alan Rickman. I mean, that that is probably one of my top Christmas movies. And romantic comedy, like it blur. It's it's a Christmas romantic comedy. It's like the family, uh, uh, the family man, isn't it? It's it's the thing where it blurs the two lines, and it. But you hit on it, Brian. It's very hard to actually choose. Yeah, five sort of romantic films because I realised there's a lot of them I watch. That's what's kind of got me wanting to come on tonight. I'm like, a lot of my stuff is romantic comedies or romantic films, or I really really do enjoy watching it. Yeah, uh, and then the the other one uh, that falls along the same lines as Love Actually is The Holiday with Jack Black. Yes, yes. Um, it's uh, who else is in it? Jude Law and Jude Law. Yeah, it's Jude Law. It's Cameron Diaz and who's the other? Uh, Kate Winslet, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, uh, th- this has been a really fun episode. Like, there are so many like films that we can touch on. Um, well, if you're going to talk about Hugh Grant, would you say About a Boy is a romantic film as well? Yeah, uh, it, 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 it definitely uh, falls in. And like I said, you know, a lot of people when they think romance, they think of just romantic comedies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, um, for instance, P.S. I Love You. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Gerard Butler and Hilary Swank. Uh, I think that that movie is kind of like what got uh, American audiences kind of familiar with Gerard Butler. I mean, he's been around, and of course, like Three Hundred came out and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he he's kind of been working nonstop. <laughs> yeah. Totally, yeah. Um, I know. I know. On your side of the pond, Gerard Butler's kind of uh, been around, uh, but mm. when it came to American audiences, a lot of people didn't really know who he was. Yeah, I'll I'll keep, I'll try and forgive him for Phantom of the Opera, because uh. <laughs> that I didn't think he was the best choice for that. But uh, yeah, he's no, he's good. I like his stuff. He's good. Yeah, and then um, you know when Nicole was talking about. Uh, looking at like the the other side of things uh chasing amy yes kevin smith yeah one of my all-time favorite people yeah yeah see Ke- i think kevin smith was kind of like uh he was just on it like uh you know for a, years and years the whole hollywood thing is like it's always a man and a woman you know a man and a woman uh, I mean, they had that stuff, but it wasn't mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more like art house films. Um, like, uh, you know, more recently, well, not recent, it, the films 
10 plus years old, but like blue is the warmest color, you know, mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. stuff like that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the more love that's shown, uh, true love, like how we see it, yeah, yeah. not in Hollywood. Uh, this is how Correct. Hollywood Correct. should be uh, reflecting life. Correct. Spot on. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so, you know, Chase and Amy came out in 97. So, I mean, there wasn't a lot of, you know, uh, gay or lesbian type relationships in Hollywood at that time that in the mainstream. Uh, and that, you know, film uh, still holds up today. It does. It really does. Yeah, no, you very. it really does hold up. And it's, yeah, it was interesting that he was able to make something like that. Because you're right, it's it's to show kind of all different facets of love. And, the, the, well, it's the relative life, isn't it? Right, yeah. To complete this experiment, when you um, And then I'll just throw this one out there for, for shits and giggles, but I do love this film, 13 Going On 30. I was thinking about that earlier. I was thinking, yeah, that's one. But yeah, that is, yeah, I, yeah I do like that film. And thinking of 13 going on 30, um, there's a film coming on Netflix called The Adam Project, which is produced by Ryan Reynolds. I saw and it has Jennifer yeah. Gardner and Mark Ruffalo in it. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, I've seen, only seen a bit of a trailer for that. But yeah, that could be interesting. That could be very interesting then. Yeah. It's good to see all them in it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 13 going on 30. Uh, and I don't know if you saw the girl that plays the, the 13-year-old version of Jennifer Garner in that film. She looks like Jennifer Garner now. They were, yeah, they showed pictures of it, didn't they, where she dressed in like the similar clothing that the older... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really? I was it's like, good. Wow. It is good when you actually see the person does at least bear some resemblance to them. Because I've seen films where you're like, no, I can't. It's supposed to be the younger version to the to the older version. You're like, no, I don't see it at all. But there yeah. is always nice. To, it's, it's edifying to see the people actually do look like each other. Yeah. Um, and then, um, see, I, I keep going through this list and I was like, wow, yeah. Why didn't we talk about this one? Okay, so... Before I talk about this particular film, uh, which has a great soundtrack, by the way, um, I was familiar with a Irish boy band called Boyzone, whose mm-hmm. frontman yeah, was Ronan Keating. They are, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so American audiences didn't really know who they were uh, until about 1998 when um, they did the... Uh, the, the the no matter what song, um, mm-hmm. which was an Andrew Lloyd Webber um, uh, song that uh, they had helped rewrite lyrics for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ninety nine Notting Hill came out, and Ronan Keating did uh, the main love theme song of this movie, uh, which of course was a, a cover of a country song. Um. But Notting Hill with Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant, yeah, yeah, that's definitely got to be uh, at least talked about in the top five. Oh, I'd agree with that. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And for a while, Hugh Grant kind of really got locked into those sort of things, didn't he? Doing the romantic comedy, and he yeah. at least managed to sort of break out and go into other things. 
And, and you talk about like somewhere in time uh, where people uh, would like venture off to the hotel and all that. Well, with Notting Hill, they had people that would go to the park to look for that bench. Be like, this wow. is the bench. Um, uh, yeah, it was a huge craze uh, after that movie came out that people would travel to the UK just to. Yeah. I knew a girl who said, who lived in London said they used to have the problem that people would try and get photographed with their front door thinking it was the door. But it, isn't, it wasn't even the right area. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the front door of the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, when you look at like your, your typical like romantic type comedies, um, forgetting Sarah Marshall and knocked mm-hmm. up and the 40 year old virgin and, <laughs> and stuff like that, which were like, you know, uh, comedy brilliance. Yes. Um, Definitely. All those films. And um, The Wedding Singer. Oh, my God. Like <sighs> That film is one of those films that me and my friends used to just constantly watch. Because we mean, love the who, 80s. Who doesn't I mean, love? It's, it's not like the real 80s, is it? But we love the film version like the 80s in it. And, yeah. But Drew Barrymore, Adam Sandler yeah. just. Yeah. I mean, what a brilliant combination. That's like true love where the guy's on the plane and – sings a song to you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I remember that scene when uh, Billy Idol was in that scene. It was... <laughs> yeah, chicken or fish, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, what else? Um, yeah, these films we already talked about. You, you brought up About a Boy. Well, I'll tell you one that I'll throw in that has that I absolutely love as a film, and you will, and it it borders. Is it romantic? Is it sci-fi? Groundhog Day. You know what? That's actually on the list that I'm looking at. Excellent, but yeah, Groundhog Day is just. I mean, that is just a phenomenal film on so many levels. So yes. many levels. Yes, but that's yes. like the ultimate romantic thing, isn't it? Can't believe it. If I could add to my list of five, that'd definitely be in there. But yeah, Groundhog Day is a phenomenal film. Yeah, uh, and then uh, we we talked about Jamaica. Uh, how Stella got her groove back. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a yeah, very good film. Yeah, um, and then uh, here's a good one: The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. I've not seen it, but I've I've heard good things from people who've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely see that movie. Uh, Betty White is in it, of course. Oh, uh, brilliant. Anything with Betty White. God, what a shame she didn't get to 100. What, she like 17 days off, but 99 is still good innings. Yes, uh, definitely going to miss. Um, wow, they put Coming to America on this list, which... Yeah. I mean, I he goes to that. America to find his true love. God, yeah, that is. I mean... God, coming to you just hit me with like the some of my ultimate favorite films. The scene which <laughs> destroys me, amusing uh, for amusement, is the scene where they're going on date. Oh yes, in the bar, and uh, I see your holes dressed as a woman. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, oh, and, and then I, he spits I, out the drink. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, I love that scene. But I mean, I even did you have you seen the sequel? Yes, I saw the sequel. It's not bad. It's a retread, basically, but it's not bad. Yes, not bad. yes. It, I love that they played the characters again. Uh, Mr. Randy Watson. That's it. The entire thing. That was the ultimate part of the film for me was seeing sexual chocolate again. (laughs) Brilliant. That's my favorite bit of the sequel. Oh, man. Uh, 27 Dresses I thought was good, even though I'm not fond of the actress after hearing Mm -hmm. so many stories that she's uh, kind of a diva. I think high girl, isn't it? Yeah, she's not getting, she never seems to get a good write up anymore at all. Yeah. No, that's true. She doesn't. Um, but, you know, this was the time when they were taking a lot of books. You know, we talked about P.S. I Love You. Yeah. Um, tw- you know, 27 Dresses was a popular New York bestsellers book. So they're going to turn it into a movie. Um, and I may have to do another episode uh, about that. Like, uh, are authors writing books to like have good literature out there or are they just writing hoping that it gets turned into a film like and that's that's a very good question because in the past i think it would have been good literature definitely but the question yeah you are right is it a happy coincidence or do people more thinking now will it be will i see it adapted into something that's a very good point, Brian, actually, to yeah. see what things happen now. Because I know when I was talking to uh, Ali Madison, who's Richard Madison's daughter, you know, her dad was just writing brilliant books. It wasn't a focus, I, I don't think, on turning it into something. And, yeah, there were alterations between Bid Time Return and Summer in Time. But he would have had some sort of knowledge of what was happening. But, yeah, it's interesting. Do people now think, I want to do this just to make it something bigger than it is right yeah um i'm not gonna lie uh i'm a fan of nicholas sparks like he he, uh and nicole has said this many times that even though it's a male writing uh these novels he knows how to write a female yeah like you see it and uh Sometimes in movies, you know, you can tell if the writer's a male or a female. Like, it seems like uh, he gets it. Um, and I've seen interviews where he says that uh, his inspiration on how he writes females comes from his wife. Mm-hmm. It's far more better than the reasoning of, if you have, and I won't give away the lines, but there's a question in as good as it gets where. Uh, Jack Nixon's character is asked the question by a woman, how do you write a woman so well? His answer is not complimentary. It's funny, but it's not complimentary. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, here's one that we didn't really uh, touch upon. I'm just going to start naming off titles uh, and okay. bring us back. There's something about Mary. Brilliant choice. Yeah. Uh, especially the scene where he gets his zipper stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 the memories. Oh, God, I've seen that. Oof. Yeah. And then when, when she had to fix her hair, and she's like, oh, I didn't. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I was, you know, I was only thinking about that film. Another one I thought about recently is the bit where she's going, Why did, where's he gone? <laughs> uh, and then uh, we got Reese Witherspoon. Um, 
like Sweet Home Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, a good. And, and then recently, she did a film called Home Again. I've, I know of it, but I've not seen that one. I'm afraid. Yeah, um, let me read the, what this movie's about. Uh, it's from 2017, so it's not that mm-hmm. old. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is a romantic comedy master, and this one definitely measures up. Packed with humor and real mom jokes, Home Again is the story of a newly separated Alice who invites three aspiring filmmakers to live with her and two young children. As a romance blossoms with one of them, her ex-husband makes a visit. Delightful chaos ensues. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we talked about She's All That. Um, oh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I've, I've heard exceptionally good things about it, but I've never seen that one. And I really need do to watch feel I need to see both heard, that one and yeah. the sequel. Yeah, I really do believe I need to give myself a kick up the backside and watch that because I've never heard bad things. So, Yeah, uh, and... I like musicals, so the Mamma Mia films. Again, ex-girlfriend took me to that one. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pace Brosnan can't sing, but <laughs> it wasn't too bad. But yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, a few a few of the actors had had some decent voices. Oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Pierce Brosnan, not so much, but. <laughs> Well, and uh, what's uh, Bill Bill Sarsgaard? Uh, yeah. But you see, the singing thing is the problem they got when they made Phantom of the Opera, and for some unbeknownst reason, they had Gerard Butler as the Phantom. The problem is he's not the greatest singer in the world, but the other two people in it with him are really good singers. So it just shows him up even more. The most obvious choice of who they probably should have cast in that was someone like Hugh Jackman, who is a properly trained singer. Yes. Um. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I love this movie to pieces. Serendipity. John Cusack and the lovely Kate Beckinsale. Yep, yep. That is. I knew it. It was on the tip of my tongue mentally. But yes, that is a good, very good film. Yeah. Uh, two thousand one. So it's twenty years old. Twenty one years old. Uh, so good. Um, wow. Yeah, we, we've covered a, a lot of the good ones. I mean, we didn't go back too far because, I mean, uh, I, I we could have gone back to the 70s and the 60s and stuff and talked about some things. But uh, I think a lot of the films that came out throughout the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s are, are people uh, – are movies that people – have in in their minds right now uh unless you're into cinema and then you would know what what these older films are i mean i threw like move over darling and shop around the corner because that's like going back into shop around the corner it's going to like i think the 30s isn't it but um if you looked at i just the 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 thought i just had is when i mentioned that you know we never sort of seen billy crystal redoing romantic comedy that much and meg ryan kind of got out of doing that but of course she was in was it kate and leopold with hugh uh hugh jackman that's a good one the time travel that's like one. a time travel yeah, yeah. sci-fi yeah that's a good, uh, a good film. pretty pretty woman is another good one too 
how the hell did we miss that off as an obvious romantic film? Because it is an obvious romantic one. Yeah, people love that film. Now, don't don't have a go at me. I've never actually properly watched it. But, uh, yeah, people do love that film. Yeah. And I think that uh, as much as I'm a physical media guy, uh, physical media for life, uh, mm-hmm. that's what's good about streaming. You have all these platforms yeah. to watch uh, most of most of the mainstream movies you can find. Yes, very you know, true. Very if, true. If if they're not mainstream, you want to find them on DVD or something like that. No, it's very true because I was thinking about that recently. How hard it would have been in the past to watch a hard or to try and find a hard to get film, whereas now you'll find it somewhere on the internet or on a streaming platform. It's so much easier than it used to be. Yeah. Like, you know, here in the States, uh, we have, you know, of course, Disney Plus and we have Hulu, uh, which in the UK, Hulu and Disney Plus is combined for you guys, yes. right? Yeah, because, yeah, Because yeah. I keep hearing that Disney Plus has rated our films. I'm like, not in the US. <laughs> That's what got me when the fact the Pam and Tommy series is on Disney Plus. <laughs> You're like, really? <laughs> Broke yeah, and then, like, isn't like <laughs> Predator and the Alien films yeah. on Disney Plus as well? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, and then of course you have, you know, Netflix, uh, you know, Paramount Plus, uh, mm-hmm. HBO Max is launching in different countries mm-hmm. now. Um, and speaking of HBO Max, uh, the uh, Warner Media Discovery merger uh, got approved. Oh, good, good. I'd heard yeah. something about, yeah, rumblings that it had gone through, but. Yeah, uh, they. They uh, got the government of, of approval, um, and there are talks to save money to combine HBO Max and Discovery Plus into one platform. And that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you have one platform with all the Discovery channels, and then, of course, all the Warner Media channels, all right there. And it'd be interesting to see what kind of impact that has for films. Uh, and TV, yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. for Warner Media being owned by Discovery is going to be a good thing because I hear nothing but great things of the CEO of Discovery. Yes, um, mm-hmm. he lets all of his individual channels run uh, with creative freedom. So, like Food Network, they do what they do. Discovery does what they do. Uh, you know, Home and Garden does what they do, mm-hmm. and uh, he he lets them uh, make creative choices that they think for their brand is great. Yeah. Where if we look at Warner Brothers right now under the ownership of AT&T, it seems like they're just throwing darts at a dartboard and seeing what sticks. Yeah, um, I'd agree on that. I, I think Discovery will turn the studio around. I think they will make things better for DC Comics. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, yeah, because if you look at the... Well, it's been a bit of a shit show for the DCEU, hasn't it, the way things have gone. So hopefully it'll all pull together and create something that will work for people and they'll be happy with Because they're always making the joke, aren't they? Like, Warner Brothers don't give a toss what the yeah. uh, fans Yeah, want. I mean, and we're talking about, you know, romantic comedies and romantic films and stuff like that. Warner Brothers has a long history of great yes. uh, films in this uh, genre. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talk about Julia Roberts' uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. God, yeah, I haven't seen that for a long time, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's just so, so many uh, good stuff. And James, it's always great to have you on, uh, and you're always welcome. I know, you know, with the five hours difference. Uh, it, no, it's, 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 well, thank you for having me on is the big thing. I always like coming out and having a chat with you guys. It's always very interesting uh, and good stuff to talk about. And can I, well, thank you for, as I said, thank you for having me on. But I'm going to ask in advance, when the Batman comes out, Please, can we have a chat about that? Yes, I, I plan on uh, that. Uh, um, that's going to be an interesting episode uh, because I believe whether the movie's bad or good, we're going to get trolls Absolutely. no matter what. Uh, and the haters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, James, if you want to plug uh, anything you got coming up uh, or if you just want to give a shout out to something – that's interesting to you right now. Yeah, I'll just, I mean, the big shout out I'll give is just to uh, the podcast that I'm on, which is Talking Cod's Wallet Podcast. You will find us by just sticking us in on that, but Talking Cod's Wallet Pod. You can also find me if you're interested in getting contact with me. I'm James the Voice Stafford on Twitter. So if you put that in, you'll find me on there. Uh, and I'm going to pimp myself a bit. If anybody needs a bit of voiceover work or anything of that nature doing, I am happy to do that. So just get in contact and I will do voiceover stuff happily for people. Awesome. And uh, for me and Nicole, it's been uh, great discussing here with you. I know she had to go. She had a, a, a meeting, a teacher faculty meeting that she mm-hmm. had to do. So um, she'll be joining us again next week uh, when we discuss something that I haven't thought of yet. But James, yeah, man, you're always welcome to come on. And thank um, you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, for, that's well, a big thing. I enjoy it, and thank you for letting me come on. It's been great, and I wish you all the best and health and happiness. Yeah, and uh, please, everyone, stay safe this weekend. Uh, and yes. if you're with a loved one, uh, you know, I hope you have a nice dinner or some nice plans. Um, I know Valentine's Day is not like an official official holiday. It's more like a holiday put on by card companies or whatever, but uh, to some people, it, it means something. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's, it's that day of the year that, you know, celebrate uh, whatever it is that that you guys are uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, whatever. Uh, Celebrate that love. Um, And I hope you guys have a great weekend and it's time to ring that bell. And we are ending the